Hello, welcome back. It is week 116 on Out on That Line podcast. I'm Jeff, and you know the party doesn't start until he walks in. It's my co-host, Alex. Alex, how are you doing this week? Jeff, I'm doing pretty good for a guy with a chocolate milk mustache on his upper lip. I got to tell you, <laughs> just so everyone knows, it's a visual bit. If you're listening to it, then, you know, this is all lost on you. But I'm trying to prove a point to girlfriend of the pod. So I'm going to experimenting with a little mustache that looks like a dirty lip shadow. But, you know, support me in this endeavor. I need to win. I need to be right. Well, I can promise you I, I fully support you. Thank you. We did a thing at work a while back where we all shaved our beards and then just left the mustache. And I think I did one of our episodes with that. And I think I record. There's probably there's a YouTube video. One of my singles videos or reaction videos early on. One of those has a video of me with just the mustache. And I thought it looked fantastic. So did I. Wife of the pod felt very differently about that whole situation. <laughs> Women be shopping. Women be shopping. I tell you what. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, uh, someday. Someday I'll do it again. Because my dad has a powerful Your mustache. Your dad has like, a that classic is... soup strainer. Yeah. Like, that's that's something to aspire to. You know, so hopefully I can... I can wield that one day that I've become man enough to do so. Well, you have a good one going. I look like John Waters or Gomez Adams. I have this nice little thin strip that, again, just looks <laughs> like I rubbed my nose in a, someone's ass and forgot to wash my face. <laughs> but girlfriend of the pod is like, you should see if you can grow a mustache. It would probably look really good. And I'm like, you are going to so regret you said that. <laughs> I'll show you. Well, I mean, if if at the end of the day, all it does is prove your point, I think it's going to look great. I can't wait to see it at its full fruition. Oh. I don't know how how long you, how you, long you thinking it's going to take to get to full like Ramathorn status. Oh, Ramathorn! Um, one can only dream. I don't know, man. I might cave first because I have a tendency. This is so disgusting. <laughs> I have a tendency. To lick at the little mustache hairs at the corner, it drives me yeah. nuts. And I'll be talking to people and just unconsciously be like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> not realize I'm doing it. Then they look at you like you have smoking turds hanging out of your mouth. And you're like, oh, right. I'm doing the weird gecko thing. I got to stop. So if I can't stop doing that, it's gone. Well, I for and I think I speak on on behalf of everybody listening as well you know i really i'm hoping that you get that baby rocking because i think it's going to look fantastic and i think you're underestimating the ability that a mustache has to increase your confidence through the roof baby oh even if it looks like shit i'll feel incredibly confident because it means i was right and there's nothing that puts a spring in a man's step like having someone <laughs> tell you the words you were right i'm looking forward to that day <laughs> What are we here to talk about this week, Alex? Oh, well, wouldn't you know who won the pony? We're talking about our, our dear friend Kesha today on the podcast. And what's the album called? Gag Order? Yes. So very provocative title. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think it's been a little while since she's released anything. So maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, but I was, uh, I'm, I, we were kind of given our little bit of spoilers to each other like we like we do about how we kind of felt about the album um it's a nice way to just understand how the the conversation is going to get teed up and i think we're going to have an interesting one on this uh 
on this episode because I really, I've always kind of liked Kesha. Like I never really took it that seriously. I guess it was just kind of party music, but it was good pop party music. Like if that's all it was. Um, so I kind of, you know, this album was definitely not a lot of that. Not a lot of what I think a lot of people are maybe used to if they aren't a huge, like deep dive fan of Kesha. Um, but this new album came out, it was getting a lot of, a lot of buzz, you know, kind of both ways. I think I do remember seeing people feeling certain ways about it and other people feeling a different way about it. Um, but I was looking forward to talking about this one on the podcast. So, you know, I kind of, I guess in my like Kesha experience, I might have like seven or eight songs maybe that I know whatever was just like popular and on the radio or the ones that I'm really familiar with and have always seemed to enjoy. So I'm interested to hear about what your past experience might have been so far with Kesha. Well, I can't name eight separate Kesha songs. I can tell you that much. It's um, Don't Stop, Make It Plop. Uh, what is that even called? TikTok? I think that one's called, yeah, TikTok. Okay, TikTok, weird. Um, TikTok, uh, I literally can't name Timber. another one. Help me timber ah yes the one with the one with mr worldwide like how could i mean i just changed your mind completely about kesha with mentioning that song didn't i which is so funny because i actually know that song pretty well the bigger they are the harder they fall like i know that song pretty well and it didn't even dawn on me uh-oh I, um, yeah, I have no reason not to like Kesha. Like you said, it is party music that mm-hmm. fulfills a function much like Nicki Minaj. I have no reason not to like Kesha. She never did anything to me. It's party music. I get all that. But that also kind of makes this hard to critique because if that's all her music ever was and then she's taking like a wildly personal swing mm-hmm. with this album... There's a for me there was a total disconnect there and I have to preface this whole conversation with I understand that she's been through some shit and this Dr. Luke guy fuck him and anybody that looks like him mm-hmm. so I understand that this was a project much like Starcross with Casey Musgraves or whatever the Haley Williams one was this is just going to come across like I hate women and don't respect their feelings but whatever we're at <laughs> But I, some of these like really personal projects fall flat and that doesn't make like the person bad or invalidate what they went through. But like in terms of executing it as an album, they kind of have some of them fall flat. Mm -hmm. And this one fell pretty flat for me. Flatter than four o'clock as a matter of fact. So there were, there were definitely parts of this album that fell flat for me, but there was enough that I liked on it that I in general have a pretty positive opinion of it. You know, there's some stuff I could really just like kind of, kind of leave and not go back to, but there are a few like real highlights for me, not just like, Oh, those are better than the others. Um, there were some songs on here that I legitimately liked and I don't, I didn't do a deep dive into like what all happened with Dr. Luke. And I understand it was just a, a whole lot of just people shouldn't have to deal with that. Basically, it seemed like, you know, she was just held hostage in, in kind of a few different ways as far as like her career, her personally, her emotionally, you know, and, and it just being locked in a situation like that. I can't imagine at all what that's like. So 
I can understand where an album comes out like this. And I actually like your comparison to Starcrossed because I think that was the same kind of thing where you're really expecting something. You know, you're expecting like with Casey Musgrave, something akin to Golden Hour or the same trailer, different park, you know, that more kind of country, maybe a little bit into the real folk kind of songs. You expect that to stay in that same vein. And then she went like full kind of glam you know, and, and just like tried to go huge and kind of missed in a lot of ways on that album. And I think we talked about us both like not having a great opinion on it. I think we were both pretty kind of middling or, or worse about it. This one I think is a better version of that, you know, is a better version of that Haley Williams album. It's something that I, you know, cause there was enough on here that I liked. I really liked the melodies on a lot of it. I thought those were pretty well done. Cause again, it's, I'm, it's going to sound like I'm, really trying to talk trash but like Kesha's not the strongest vocalist like her her appeal is like the kind of charisma that she has that you know the people that go for that it's the kind of thing that they like you know um and to me I feel like there's enough of her that type of charisma in the songs that while the lyrics weren't you know groundbreaking you could understand the emotions and I could appreciate where they were coming from see it (sighs) I didn't get emotions at all. I got very, mm-hmm. like, I, for something that was trying to say something very personal, it really kind of, like, did its best to keep everyone at an arm's length because mm-hmm. it was just this, like, weird mantra stuff, but still trying to be, I, I don't know. It was, like, filtering lingua ignota through, like, a really generic pop filter where a lot of lingua ignota stuff is just like chanting and like very somber and religious. And obviously I love lingua ignota. So it's like, well, where do you give her a pass for doing that kind of thing? And it's like, because it, it doesn't feel like a gimmick. And with this Kesha album, it feels like a gimmick. Like she's really going to a, a deep, dark personal space, but then everything about it is just like, there's no real invitation in like, Eat the acid is just like mm-hmm. lame and repetitive. And I know it feels like mean to say that kind of stuff. But again, we have to divorce like the artist as a person from the thing we're talking about. And I have nothing against Kesha the person and all the sympathy in the world. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to say that there is a ceiling on your talent because you're talented and it's your talent. But there are certain limitations. And I, th- I think Kesha maxed out on this one for me. And I could I can understand where you, where you're coming from on that. I think I've just because I've enjoyed the other stuff she's done. I think I was going in here with a little rosier tint on my glasses than than you had on yours. You know, I think you were going into it like fully objectively because you didn't really have a a big background on. But I you know I don't know if I could name eight songs off the top of my head, but I probably over the course I probably know if they got played for me I'd know them, and I think because I've enjoyed Kesha in that way, I was kind of more probably just more open to wanting to enjoy this one rather than going in kind of as an objective judge about it. Um, Because there were certainly parts like eat the acid, like that was kind of cheesy, but I kind of appreciated that it was cheesy. It's like, who writes a line? Like you said, don't ever eat the acid. If you don't want to be changed, like it changed me. And it's like, it's such a cliche kind of thing to say about doing acid is like, Oh, it's going to change you. You know, that's 
I think kind of leaning into that so hard is what made it more appealing for me because I guess why try to write like Bob Dylan if you can't do it? Like she's basically trying to be as clever as she is in those like older pop songs, you know, with kind of how she's like doing these couplets and things like that, that kind of rhyme and they're clever and they might have like a double entendre. Um, she's doing that with like kind of folk music, but I think just the the whole package of it and kind of how the, the melodies and when she did some of those harmonies, like, you know, she's not, she's not Pavarotti, you know, she's not like, you're not going to hear that and be like, Oh my God, I can't, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. But I think what she has, she uses pretty well. Um, you know, and, and I think this was, she got it, I think as open as she was willing to at this point, you know, or maybe as, written about as as much as she was capable of writing about it you know and i'm and i'm talking about like songwriting talent like how how easily can she like transcribe those feelings that she's having or is this kind of as deep as it goes with connecting with that putting it on paper well um so sorry that that's what i'm saying about there being like a, a cap on talent like a ceiling on your own personal talent and like i said i think it just she trying to go for that more introspective stuff and being like, okay, well, I have a clever take on this. And again, reaching for, like you mentioned, Bob Dylan. I don't think she was like trying to do a Bob Dylan parody, obviously, but was kind of reaching for some kind of philosophical level that never got off the ground because it was like Mm -hmm. super on the nose and not really like phrased in an interesting way. So again, this is another, like the problem with the Haley Williams album was it was just like, brutally masochistic it was just like it had to have been unpleasant to make and it was unpleasant to listen Mm -hmm. to and again all due respect to the person and what they go through it's just we're talking about the the item here the thing the album yeah star-crossed felt like it left a lot of the questions everybody had totally unanswered it like pitched itself as like the divorce album and then you have like that song she almost got canceled for the like Sakura Blossom yeah. song. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> so I, I hate to say stay in your lane or like shut up mm-hmm. and dribble or something like that. It's not my point at all. It's just maximize your positives to bring it all full circle. We're talking about how it was Kesha is good pop dance party music. Mm-hmm. That's what you excel at. How do you translate that to deeply personal lyrics? I mean, like the title of the album, Gag Order. Clearly, we're getting into this whole thing, but we mm-hmm. never really do. And whatever, you share as much as you want to, but I think it's therefore then kind of disingenuous to pitch it as like the deep, dark, truthful mirror. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's. I think that's fair. I think it was promoted as a, this is going to be, groundbreaking you know and and i think making this album was for her you know i don't know and maybe there's some some real like honest to goodness true diehard kesha fans out there i think they call themselves the animals um you know if they're out there and they love this album i'm sure there's plenty of people that are going to be all over this but i don't think this is the one that's going to be looked at as you know like her kind of magnum opus kind of album which i think she thought it was it was set up to be, um, you know, I hope that there's something better, you know, in, in the future for her, you know, it's, I found there was, like I said, there's enough bright spots on this that, you know, I enjoyed 
at least listening through it. It was also short. It was 38 minutes. So it wasn't like a, a slog of an album. She kind of moved through things. There were some like interludes and we'll get into, there was a couple weird things. I don't know if you looked up who was doing the, the interludes and like the speeches and stuff on the, on the album, but there was all these like kind of just like it, maybe it was an intro to a song or its own track on the, on the album, but some religious leaders, um, like giving speeches or kind of talking about their thoughts and their, what their kind of morals are, I suppose. Um, and just trying to explain things. And I know it was meant to be like, Hey, here's my inspiration for like where this album came from is like reading these guys, you know, reading the works of these people, you know, listening to what they have to say and then trying to kind of put it through me as a prism, you know? And, and I don't like the, the original subject matter. It's like, I don't, did you look up either of it or have you heard of Oberon Zell or um, what's or Ram Das? I've heard of both of them, but I know next to nothing about them. So I think in, in not to like say any one religion or version of it's better than another, but like the Oberon Zell guy is, is a, was known as like the first like pagan in modern times and like the late sixties, he called himself a pagan and like kicked off, you know, religious movement. Um, I don't know if you'd call it a cult, but he's definitely like kind of a, a thought leader in in the school that he's in. Um, and then Ram Das is like a guy that brought in a lot of Eastern spirituality, I guess, from writing books and stuff like that. So he's the one that kind of brought it over here in the first place and things like yoga. You know, that's where he, he kind of like got that going. So she's got both of them on this album, you know, kind of talking about their musings, thoughts, whatever. Um but it's clearly meant to be like a kind of showing where the inspiration for it all came from. And I, it's like, I guess explains a little about where she's kind of been is she's probably had a lot of time to look into this stuff. And these two guys are obviously very charismatic if they got followings as large as they did. Um, but I just am a little concerned about where that, uh, where that's all stemming from, you know? Well, and you also don't get to hide behind that because if there was some kind of thematic tie-in with these different clips from these different spiritualists, then that's one thing, right? Like, conceptually, if it's all tied Mm -hmm. together, all right. But just sticking that on there to make a point that you're not making with your music, that that dog won't hunt. Not with me. Mm -hmm. So... I just, I, again, I think it's it's anybody that says, like, this was the the opus, this was, like, a, a powerful coming out mm-hmm. as, like, a new level of artist is fooling themselves. And I, I know that sounds mean, but there was yeah. so much hype around this. To then get into it, it was a slog for me. Even at, like, 36 minutes, I was just, like, yeah. I had a profoundly disappointing experience with this. Going into it wanting to like it like you see the hype and you're like in my Mm -hmm. mind i don't i had it built up that it would be like again translating that like party girl thing she has into now the party girl is gonna like send it over the top with a ballad like maybe she does have more under the hood yeah vocally and you know who knows that's what i thought it was gonna be was like kesha Mm -hmm. really steers into getting personal and part of that is showing you like what she can do when she busts it out. And it just, instead to retreat into the like brooding Jared Leto as Morbius, like you don't want to change things like you change me. 
drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. It drives me nuts. There's one song on here that I liked, and it was Fine Line. I thought mm-hmm. that was that had kind of like an interesting, creepy little groove to it. I like that. But then you get songs yep. like The Drama and Only Love Can Save Us Now. <laughs> and I think of the far superior Pretty Reckless song, Only Love Can Save Me Now. And boy, yes. could those not be more different. It was just... <laughs> There, there were moments where I'm like, all right, I'll indulge you with this like somber retreat inward introspection type thing. I'll, I'll indulge that. Mm-hmm. But then there were moments where it's like, well, now you're just farting around. This is what the <laughs> fuck is this? And the drama, definitely one of those. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't like the part about the house cats at the end? I, Jeff, uh, to be honest with you, I've blocked it out like a traumatic memory. <laughs> I, I i it's yeah that end of that song is just so stupid that that was one of the ones that i highlighted i was like i enjoyed that i was like that was the most like that was the most like the old kesha or at least like one of the parts where it was the most like the old kesha that she ever got on this album i mean it, it, i wish i could like this ironically you know what i mean like it was, yeah. it was like something like that would bring me joy. Like who the, the cat ending that I would love it. But I just got way too caught up in like, it's not hilariously bad. It represents a kind of effort that I think was just like mm-hmm. totally misplaced. I guess the last thing I have to say about it is like, if any of this came across as insulting Kesha, the person that wasn't the point. And I, Again, my comments are limited to the album and the content of the album, and this one was a serious disappointment to me. I wanted to like it. I went into it thinking I would and just got smacked across my my bare butt, and therefore I cannot in good conscience recommend this one. I'm going to say skip it. Dang. Okay. Well, I'm going to give this one a stream it. Um, that was kind of the feeling I got right at the end. I was like, if from the first listen, and maybe I kind of pigeonholed it a little too fast for myself there, or maybe it would have gotten worse if I didn't. Um, but I'm going to say stream it on this one. If you do like Kesha and you've liked Kesha songs in the past, you might like it. Um, so check it out. But I can understand just given you know how you feel about it, I can understand exactly why you would say, why you would say skip it. I feel like if you're not already a fan of Kesha, this is not going to be the one that does it. Yeah, that's... Exactly what happened to me. It can happen to you because it happened to me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess that's all I have for gag order. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. Jeff, I got to ask you. Yes, sir. What kind of stuff do you think people, if they were the betting type, can find mm-hmm. coming up on the program in the coming weeks and days? Well, you're going to get these regular podcasts every Monday. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hi there. If you're not watching us on YouTube, get on there. And whoever you are, subscribe down below. Let us know what you want to hear. You're going to see reaction videos. You're going to see full podcast episodes in video form. You're going to see maybe a singles video once in a great while. It's like a, it's a great white buffalo for the show at this point. We just have so much fun with the other stuff. But where are they going to find all that stuff, Alex? 
where they're going to find it in the same place that they're going to find spiritual enlightenment and total fulfillment. And that is at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash out on that line. Listen, we're not here to sell you anything that you don't want or don't need. And let me tell you, you need this. You need us. A lot of you are hanging by a thread. A lot of you are probably hot little potatoes because you're mad at my take on this album. <laughs> I would actually have to debate you on that in the comments of this video, which you should be liking and sharing and subscribe to the channel and all of that. And I really need to move my light back because I keep whacking it. And start to get raw in that same space. Maybe it will turn into an infection and fester. You can find out. You can watch me grow a shitty mustache. There's a lot of bang for your buck in our YouTube channel, which of course is youtube.com forward slash C forward slash out on that line. It's not hard, people. Just do it today. Couldn't have said it better myself. Until next time. <laughs>